You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 141 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and we are here today on Friday, February 10th, coming at you with a new episode. Very exciting stuff. As always, we have an incredible episode ready for you guys. Bonnie Milligan is joining the podcast. I am obsessed with her. Uh, you all are going to absolutely love this interview. And if you haven't already, you have to see her in Kimberly Akimbo because she freaking steals the show and uh she's an absolute talent i mean she you may know her from head over heels uh for those of you who haven't seen uh kimberly akimbo yet because it is still like a newer show you probably know her for that or you've probably heard her sing before because her voice is just so good that she she's always popping in and out to sing and doing fun things uh where she's singing so thrilled to talk to her today and kind of talk to her a lot about the acting side of her craft and in her toolbox because this episode i mean y'all are just gonna really really want to listen to these stories carefully because the way that she kind of gives us all a lesson like literally a whole lesson on table work and breaking down a scene and all of the things like I couldn't have asked for a better episode in a episode that has it all, literally. Uh, it's got entertainment. It's got fun stories from her career. Um, and then it's just got like a full of little lessons and it's just absolutely brilliant. So um, shout out Bonnie Milligan, seriously, for, for coming on and, uh, you know, having some fun with us today at Take a Bow. Uh, but before we get to that, as always... Got to talk about some Broadway news. There's lots going on. Uh, first of all, happy opening to Pictures from Home, a new Broadway show that includes Danny Burstein, Nathan Lane. Um, it's got all the faves in the show. So check that out for sure. I actually really want to go see that. It's over at the 54 Below Theater over there. Um, it's like right next to 54 Below. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but uh, I think it's something along the lines of that. And uh, yeah, very exciting stuff. Also uh, making a debut, an opening night, so to say, Mod Apatow's stage debut was this week on Tuesday. And Word on the Street is she's absolutely incredible. This is wild to be making your stage debut in such a hit show like Little Shop of Horrors over off-Broadway. I mean, Little Shop of Horrors, I, yeah, I would say it's a hit show. But certainly this production of it has been an absolute hit while it's been here, uh, while it's had its little stint off-Broadway uh, on 43rd Street. 
But uh, you can go see her and Matt Doyle in the show. Matt Doyle's back from COVID starting today, Friday, February 10th. So very exciting stuff. Yeah, everyone should go check that out. I'll probably be checking both of those out. So very exciting stuff for for Broadway and uh, in terms of new things opening or new things happening. That's kind of the latest. Also, some more things that are happening. La La Land is working on a musical adaptation, which is so freaking exciting. Um, Listen, maybe a hot take, but I can't see a Broadway for the next, I don't know, maybe 20 years where we're going to see a Pazic and Paul show not on Broadway for more than like two years. Pazic and Paul have to be like, one of the greatest songwriting tandem in our generation. You know, you know, the, you had the Stephen Sondheims, they had the Andrew Lloyd Webber generation type of thing. Well, I believe, I truly believe, and it's not because I worked with them, but it's a large part of just what they've done in their history already. Like, and they're still very young, you know, like they're not going away. So uh, Pazic and Paul is going to be on Broadway very soon. When Dear Evan Hansen closed, I was like, hmm, what are they going to do next? And I thought it was going to be The Greatest Showman that was first, but La La Land also makes sense. And it's uh, Bartlett Scher is attached to it, who is uh, ridiculous and one of uh, the most famous directors on Broadway. Um, he's an absolute talent as well that I've had the pleasure of working with. So hopefully we can get one of those folks on the show and kind of talk to us about this recent news with uh, La La Land becoming a musical adaptation. I think that would be super fun, super cool, uh, something that would sell a lot of tickets and bring a new audience to Broadway, which is great. But there's always that side of me. You know what I'm going to say? Not original. I mean, it was original in the movie, but now it's being adapted into a musical. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Some of the some of the movies, I'm like, okay, I could get with it. But some of them are forced. So um, I think I could get with this one. I mean, it's a movie musical for, for heaven's sake. Okay, moving on. Miscast, we got to talk about it. This Miscast uh, 23 lineup is ridiculous. Who's working over at MCC? Because they absolutely need a raise, first of all. Vanessa Williams is hosting the event, you know, casually an Emmy, a Grammy, and a Tony nominee performer who was just recently in POTUS, you know, no big deal. And then you got the performances by Annalie Ashford, Danae Benton, you got Josh Groban, you got Lorna Courtney, you got Andre DeShields, you got Sean, you got Bonnie Milligan, our guest this week. Uh, you got Ben Platt. I mean, listen. These are just, I mean, it's not fair. I mean, how can you look at that lineup and not just be in awe? You know, it's it's a ridiculous lineup, right? I'm so excited. I've never actually been or attended a miscast, but, uh, you know, I think this year is the year that uh, I go and go experience a miscast because I, I've always wanted to. They seem so fun. And this lineup is just incredible. So I think it's something that Jacob Bow is going to be doing. Uh, and hopefully we'll be checking that out and keeping you all posted, like giving you all like a review and fun stuff like that. Um, okay. Now, I know that um, these intros can get a little long, but this week it may be an <laughs> extra long and I'm sorry about it. 
because I've got two things to rant about this week, and you all can agree it's another hot. T- this intro is actually full of hot takes. Listen, I don't even know where to begin. I'll begin with maybe the controversial one. The other one's really not controversial. Into the Woods, the Broadway, the 2022 Broadway cast recording won the Grammy. For those of you who don't know, the Grammys happened on Sunday. Congratulations to everyone involved in Into the Woods and all the things. That's honestly huge. You can now say that you're a Grammy winner, which is uh, an incredible uh, honor and incredible thing to have on your resume. But come on, like, I don't understand how a revival can win a Grammy. Like, that's not new music. That would be like Adele releasing a song and then Alicia Keys comes out and sings a cover of it and she wins a Grammy for it. Like, I don't get it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Like, Adele's not going to release a song and Alicia Keys isn't going to come out. I say Alicia Keys because she's actually has a musical in the work. So it, it relates and everyone's a, a, an Adele fan. So yeah, it just like doesn't work. She's not going to win song of the year for doing a cover of Adele, you know, a song that was written 60 years ago. Not that Adele wrote a song 60 years ago, but like Into the Woods was written many, many years ago. And now it's like, I, I just don't, I can't grasp my head around it when you had, and listen, I would have been saying the same thing had MJ won. I did not want MJ to win a Grammy. Michael Jackson's won enough Grammys. I'm through. I would be thrilled for everyone involved on you know the cast recording, everyone in the original cast. You know, I knew some of the cast, some of the cast that's been on here, part of the family. But it's not like a new song. The Grammys are all about best new song, best new album, best this, best this, and you know like. It's not a new album. If you really boil it down, you have six. You have a strange loop. Mr. Saturday Night w- was nominated. I didn't. I don't know the album very well, but you have these these shows that are deserving. I guess you could say, like you know, th- these shows are capable of winning a Grammy. So why have those other ones, these revivals and these songs that are very famous? you know, be in this. I don't, I I just don't, I don't get it. Listen, maybe a hot take and I'm sorry, but I had to come on here and and say my piece because when I saw it, I was just like, I don't, I don't get it. Anyways, that's one rant. And I'm sorry if you don't agree with it, but uh, I don't know. Maybe, hopefully you can see both sides. Um, And then my rant that if there's anyone who's going to, you know, disagree with this statement. I, I don't know, man. I, I I don't know. But the Tony Awards came out and said that the Tony voters this year don't have to see every Broadway show. I'm sorry. What do you mean you don't have to see every Broadway show? And you're gonna vote for the Tony? You're gonna wait. I mean, the Tonys. I hate to say it. The Tonys are becoming a joke. You know and. It's so sad to say because, you know, Tonys are a theater kid Super Bowl. No doubt about it. I love the Tonys. I look forward to the Tonys every year. How can you have the Tony voters? They could go see one show and they're going to vote for all the things in that show. You didn't even see any everyone else. Everyone who is completely deserving. Everyone who's put in the same amount of blood, sweat, and tears into that show, into that performance, into that that they're nominated. It's just... 
this is blasphemy to me, y'all. And I'm sorry, like, you, I, I don't think that anyone can agree with this statement. I don't understand what the Tony Awards are doing. If it's a, you know, the Tony Award voters are too old and they can't get out as often or they're very mindful with the COVID pandemic, well, then I, I hate to say it, but it's time to move on and it's time to hand it off to that next generation. There are plenty of people capable. I mean, they go see these shows for free. Like, come on. There's got to be something there. There's got to be a better system. Or, like, you know, these shows are filming themselves nowadays with how Hamilton just capitalized off of doing that off of Disney Plus or, or for the public library or something. Get the Tony voters to watch that. I mean, they've got to do something because not seeing all the shows is extremely unfair. Mind you, they have to take some like unbiased test to be a Tony voter anyway. So what? How can you be unbiased if you're not seeing every show and everyone who is deservingly nominated in each specific category? I can't wrap my head around it. I'm sorry. Listen, that may be, I don't know. I don't like to come on here and get controversial and, and, and speak my mind about these things. But these two things are just huge things. They're award-winning things, the Tonys and the Grammys. And honestly, it could bolster someone's career. And like awards aren't everything by any means. And, and as a performer, you know, it's not, the most fulfilling thing that we do. We don't perform to win an award, but these awards can be pivotal for jumpstarting a career or for having a career, you know, like it could make or break your career just by saying, Oh, you're a Tony winner or, Oh, you're a Grammy winner. It's a major award. So I don't know. I, again, I, I can't see many people disagreeing with me. If you do disagree, please, I would love to open this conversation and see what everyone's thoughts are about this because I just can't grasp my head around it. And I get even more fueled up because, you know, I'm talking to the people around me in the industry that are feeling the exact same way. And, you know, it probably adds fuel to the fire. So uh, I'm curious to see what y'all's thoughts are. Please reach out to me, post about it, do whatever. But I, I just, I can't wrap my head around it. And I hope I, I, I want to see both sides and I'm trying to have an open mind about it. But, uh, you know, as you can tell, it hasn't been too successful. Anyways, that's all. I'm going to stop ranting and I'm going to remind you all that today, February 10th, Kimberly Akimbo at uh, Woman Wink in Central Park. They are doing a full album release party while skating at Skater Planet, aka Woman Rink for the night. Everyone go check it out because it's going to be something you don't want to miss. And then the full album comes out Tuesday on Valentine's Day, February 14th. So everyone go check that out right now. And uh, yeah, I think with, with all that being said, and I'm catching my breath, I think we should just turn it over to Bonnie Milligan for some lighter conversations. Without further ado, Bonnie Milligan, Curtain Up. 
Okay, this week we have a show-stopping guest about to take a bow. I mean, I'm so excited for this one. You all know her. We all love her. From the moment that she took her Broadway debut, we all fell in love in Head Over Heels. And now she's literally making you cry of laughter for about two hours straight in Kimberly Akimbo as Aunt Deborah. So everyone, welcome to Take a Bow, Bonnie Mulligan. Hi. 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 How are you? (laughs) Oh, I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. I'm great. Yeah. Happy to be here. Happy to be here on this fabulous Thursday after a two-show day yesterday and a show yes. tonight. Yes. Oh, my God. Busy girl. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm so excited. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. You know, Talk to me about uh, why we're here today. What made you want to become a performer? Like, What inspired you to want to tell stories and stuff like that? Uh, Well, I guess it's kind of in my DNA. My parents were musicians and uh, in the church, but I grew up singing as soon as I could talk. And there's a fair amount of storytelling there. And um, I loved movie musicals. Like I loved the Carol Burnett, Tim Curry Burnett, Peter's Annie obviously my grandma used to say I would watch it. Like there was one day I watched it like five times in a row at her house. I was like, again, um, so does, you know, (laughs) I grew up on those and like the old Hollywood musicals, like with Doris day or, you know, singing in the rain and all that kind of stuff. King and I, and so I grew up loving it for forever. And then when I was 10, I got in the fifth grade, like Christmas play. And I got to act for the first time. And it wasn't just me singing as myself, you know, telling a story on stage, which was already what I was used to. I was actually becoming someone else. And that's when I was like truly hooked to be like, Oh, okay. I want to do this. Like it marries both parts of me, like the very dramatic part and the singing part. Um, (laughs) But I get to then become someone else was just like so enticing. So, um, I mean, I have like journal entries from when I was 10 years old being like, I know what I want to do now. I'm going to be an actress. Like it's so dramatic. Also high road. I was just like, okay, girl. (laughs) Yeah. That's literally the cutest thing in the world. Um, (laughs) So how did we get to Broadway? Talk to me about your journey through Head Over Heels because you were in it from like the very beginning, right? Yeah, from the very beginning. Um, I was performing down um, off off Broadway at the Flea Theater uh-huh. down in Tribeca. And okay. I was doing these epic shows that um, Ed Sylvanus Iskandar was a guest director who was directing. And so they would literally be like a four and a half hour show of Greek tragedy, but they added singers to it. And it was Sean Graney's adaptation of uh, these seven sicknesses, which was all of Sophocles shows from, um, Oh Lord, how's the star Oedipus Rex down to Antigone. So it's seven mm. shows in one night and the wow. way they utilize the Greek chorus, they set it all in like a hospital and go figure. You can do that with Greek tragedy. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> the Greek chorus became these six singing nurses. And so that's wow. how I started was doing that. And, um, Ed, a big part of his idea and mission was the idea of community with theater. And so a big thing was mingling with audience. Mm. So when you came in, you were greeted. I would be there in my costume, but I would say I'm Bonnie, not like I'm nurse six or whichever one I was. Um, 
how are you? Thanks for coming. Can I help you to your seat? And then because they were so long that we had two intermissions and the first one we gave you dinner and the second one we gave you dessert. <sighs> so the food was also served to you by the actors. Um, wow. And it's all about the mingling aspect oh and, you know, God. to be young and to be kind of taught about networking and making connections with human beings um, and how vital that was, was incredibly vital to my career and how I kind of got going. And in that setting, um, I met Jeff Whitty, who it was his first idea to do head over heels. And so when they went to do the first reading of it mm. in 2014, I had, I did not have an equity card. I did not have an agent and, oh my and God. Ed said, Bonnie should do this reading. And so I got to do this reading with like, Broadway stars. Right. And I was like, Whoa, what's happening? And, um, <laughs> over the years, many things changed and many people sort of, uh, left the project, but I was like the one person who stayed, well, me and the go-go's, um, who uh -huh. weren't always involved, <laughs> but, um, wow. it was kind of crazy. So that, it, that took from 2014, then we went to the uh, the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in 2015. That was the world premiere of that. And then they sort of decided to wipe the slate clean and do with a whole new creative team and a whole new cast. And I stayed. And that was a really crazy emotional process and like a weird survivor's guilt kind of a thing. Sure. Um, that you're like, wait, what? Um and then it, you know, through when Michael Mayer took over in 2016 and then slowly some workshops and labs, we finally landed on Broadway in summer of 2018. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Oh my God. What an iconic show. I literally could not imagine anyone else playing Pamela. And then I saw that a production of Montclair State University was doing Head Over Heels. And I literally went to see it because I was like, I just can't see anyone else doing this show. Like that entire cast, yeah. it seemed like the show was written for you guys, literally. Uh, especially you in your role. Like it was just, your voice is incredible. And we, and we can get into that. Like, did you always have that voice from like a very young age or is that something that you kind of grew into? It definitely like changed over the years. I um, always sang, I think it was a much more sort of like mixy, sweet ingenue kind of placement when I was younger. Really? But then when I would sing along to the radio, I would mimic that. So I did try to sing like Celine Dion and Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston and Reba McIntyre. So a bigger voice right. did come out of me, but like if you gave me a sheet of music, 
I kind of thought, well, I'm supposed to sing a different way. So I didn't necessarily mm. like put the two parts of my voice together until right. um, I got into college and I was doing a Kristen Linklater voice class just for acting, like, you know, just as an actor, not singing. And sure. when I was learning about my resonators is when I started being like, wait, this kind of sounds like singing and wait, I can. And so I sort of then developed my own way of marrying those parts of myself um, wow. in my twenties and being like, Oh, this is okay. This is how I can sound. And so my voice absolutely evolved, um, mm -hmm. over the years. Uh, but I also was always, you know, it was always kind of there, but I, I guess I didn't have the confidence in it till much later. Sure. And that's so interesting that you say that, you know, like, cause I mean, everyone grows up, you know, just listening to cast albums or pop songs yeah. on the radio or whatever, and just singing along to it. Did you ever like, you know, listen to the Go-Go's before Head Over Heels? Or was that like introduced you? Know, I, you? I knew like the popular songs, but I didn't know sure. a lot of the Go-Go's catalog until that. And some songs I'd known, but I had no idea they were from the Go-Go's that I'd be like, Oh, right. that song. Oh, okay. Um, Cause it was a little before my generation. So I just, I didn't grow up with them. And then, but then the more I learned about, their history as a group and how groundbreaking they were as women in the mm. music industry and everything they did. They were kind of the first group of women that wrote and played their own music. Like they, it, was, right. it wasn't men writing for them. It was like, they did it themselves. They were this punk rock group of people that like, were like, we're going to say what we got to say. And right. um, it's, it's amazing. Um, like even I think, good girl was this beautiful ballad and head over heels. Like it became a trio, you know, but mm -hmm. the words themselves are like really intense when you think about it, that it's just like, Oh, good girl. Good dog. Got it. Like I'm just doing, <laughs> I'll just do what I'm told. And here on my right. epitaph, like it's so dramatic. Like I hope my gravestone reads that I was a good girl. <laughs> like it's like, it's badass. Um, right. sorry to curse. Um, but it, like, no, it's great. You're it's, totally fine. It's amazing that um, that 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 is who they were. They were so groundbreaking. The fact that it took was it last year, the year before. It's been in the recent three years that they finally got inducted into yeah. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And in my opinion, it took way too long. They were such groundbreakers. Absolutely. Um, and then to get to meet them as human beings. And hear about their story. They're so down to earth. Like every single one of them is truly unreal. So um, getting to really learn about their catalog, learn about their history is who they are in the music world was like such a gift. So cool. That's so freaking cool. Yeah, literally. Well, what about like when you're like, you know, handed this music, you know, and it's that kind of mix of you know getting that sheet music and then of course that pop funk song i don't know and like you know were you given that freedom to like discover where your voice sits in that was that kind of written for you like did you have that freedom to play what was that like that was definitely like we found i think we found our own sound with it it was definitely huge on mm -hmm. i got to really develop what that would be um I, 
honestly, early on, I just wanted to keep the job because again, like I said, when I started, I didn't have any representation. I didn't have anything. I didn't have any credits. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, they're going to replace me and be like, Adele, do you want to do Broadway? You know what I mean? Like it it could be anything. (laughs) And so I wanted to make it as personal to my voice and my capabilities as possible so that it could feel really hard for somebody else to just swoop in and be better. Um, And so some things like how much more when I'm tearing apart the room and there's like four key changes, those key changes were my idea. I was like, what if we just keep going up? And they're like, yes, you know, and then, um, and then later when you're like, why did I do that to myself when I'm doing this eight times a week? But yep. like, it's great storytelling and it makes sense. She's losing her mind or her voice getting higher and higher. Um, and then, but then I was also able to say between our out of town run or between all the workshops and then actually getting ready for Broadway knowing it's my Broadway debut. I was on tour with kinky boots. So I had experienced yeah. a long time in a show, but I was like eight shows a week. I know it's hard. I just did that with kinky boots and um, I don't want to like kill myself. So right. then I could be like in this song, like in good girl, can I not always be on the top part? Can I do some alto? Mm-hmm. Can I, can I switch it up vocally in the group numbers when we have more people? Like, can I just not have to like live in this crazy high place all the time? So I had a lot of right. say in that. Um, and I don't honestly remember how much, like whose decision it was about, style of singing i think it was definitely like you know in talks with michael mayer and talks with tom kitt who um music supervised everything mm-hmm. that it would be like well i want to sound a little more go-go's here so i'm gonna straight tone more than i normally would if i was singing musical theater you know what i mean like right. when i sing beautiful it's not gonna be like Fuh! it's you know what i mean like i'm gonna switch it oh up. my gosh she's warm yeah um, well let's we'll um, that's amazing um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah so it's very collaborative um, and then like michael mayer's one who said automatic rainy day he wanted it to become a riff off so it was him being like oh yeah I, I, what let's go crazy and then as the actor, you're like, oh, absolutely. And when Taylor Mon Jones and I were playing around, it became like, well, Pamela cannot be one-upped because I'm on the mm-hmm. defense here. I'm the one that's freaking out. I don't know what's going on inside of me emotionally. And all I know is I have to win this fight. And yeah. that Mopsa is in a place where she's like, oh, fine. You know what I mean? That like dramaturgically, totally. we're like, we're going to go back and forth. And then Pamela's just going to be so out of control that she, that maps just stops and you're like, right. okay, look at it. Okay. Yes. Um, so that became a collaboration in the room of you have Tom and Michael saying things, then me and Taylor coming up with things. And then that's how it was set. So it was all, um, yeah, very collaborative. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. And, and I just want to talk really quickly, like about, you know, this is your first credit, I guess you could say like Broadway credit in the sense that when you're a young person entering this industry, it's so easy to sell yourself short and say yes to everything. And like, just uh-huh. kind of, you know, throw away of like, 
what about my health, you know, kind of thing and just like do it to impress. So like kudos to you uh, <laughs> and yeah. kind of taking that liberty of for yourself and, and being mindful of that. That's huge. And for a lot of people listening too, you know, really hopefully take that advice because it's much easier said than done for yes. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's awesome. And, and it's still made for a perfect product. So you, I mean, what you mm-hmm. guys did in that show was just ridiculous and uh, to do it in a healthy way is even better. So that's amazing to hear. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So talk to me about Kimberly Akimbo, because, you know, that's currently what you're in. And Mm -hmm. it's literally like one of the most beautiful Broadway shows I've ever seen. And especially in this kind of world that we're living in now, this world of Broadway, um, there's just not there's not anything like it. Um, So talk to me about what it's like to be a part of such a unique story and um, a unique show and in a new show in this kind of day and age of Broadway. It feels like a gift, like a really special gift. This came, Hmm. you know, this is the first thing I did post pandemic. This is when theater was really coming Hmm. back when we did it at the Atlantic um, back in 2022, 2021, my God. Time. I don't even know time anymore. Um, it's not a thing. <laughs> it's not a thing. Um, no. You know, I got the role over the pandemic of a self tape in May of wow. 2020, and we started rehearsals in September of 21. So it was a long time to be like, is this show going to happen? I don't know. I think I have a show when we're out of this thing, but who knows? Uh, and time was really a black hole. And so to be back in a room, collaborating with like the most brilliant creators and artists was just a dream, like a dream on so many levels. And David Lindsay Abair and Janine Tesori, our writers are the most, first of all, iconic people. (laughs) The list of what they have done is unbelievable that you're like, that could be super intimidating. Yeah. They're the smartest. They're the smartest people and they're the most wonderfully collaborative. They are not super precious Mm. about things that if you're like, I have an idea I want to go with, like, they're like, okay, great. Oh, great. And then they go with it. And then, you know, some things would change or some things would um, adjust to my take on the character or or Vicky's take, you know, like they were in the room and it was so collaborative. So that was incredible. You know, uh, Janine said she wrote the top of act two, the how to wash a check specifically for me because of the energy I had brought to Deborah, which was a very different energy than they had seen before. And she's like, it's much more sly. It's much more all these things unassuming. And you're like, okay, great. So, and better shifted a lot from that was one of the things I auditioned with where I got like a little MIDI file, an email, um, you know, to learn the track to sing to for myself tape. And (laughs) it, you know, ended on a C, C note, like a C5. Wow. And now it ends on a G5. And it's just like, that's a fifth up. And um, for the music lovers out there. Oh my God. And, it's just, it was something that like became collaborative in the room, but also like Janine Tesori is so brilliant and so smart. She's such a storyteller Mm. that at one point I felt when we were rehearsing between off and on Broadway, I'd said, cause we'd switched a few things around 
uh, with other characters, not necessarily my own, but because other people had changed in the scene, it absolutely changed how I would react and how I would feel. And I said, well, now I just feel like I'm singing to sing at the end. I'm like riffing to riff. And I I don't love that. Like I, I want intention behind what I'm singing. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said it. I fully agree. Riffing just to riff or just to hear yourself sing is not storytelling. And let's find cause for it. And I was like, okay, great. And so we could talk it out that it's like still an obstacle to, to get Kimmy on board before she gets on board. So it's like, it, it becomes storytelling with the person who wrote it right in front of you and um, creating it. I mean, during previews, we were switching the song and she's like, it's not quite enough. And I remember going down to the lobby with her and our music director to change something at the end of better. And she's like, can you, can I write on you? And that was like the most iconic thing to hear Janine's story (laughs) say that out loud to you. And you're like, absolutely. And so she would say, can you sing this like this? And I would do it. And she's like, now can you try this? Okay. I like that. And then you're like, what did I just do? Um, right. And so it became like this thing of, um, yeah, absolutely. Let's write on this on me. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. And it, it, it was that. So honestly, this was full dreams on every level. So collaborative. And to have done it in a period after having not done anything was yeah. just dreamy. And then to share a stage with Victoria Clark Stephen Boyer, Ali Mazi, like, and all these brilliant newcomers, like it's yeah. ideal in every way. Yeah, no, it that cast is absurd, and yeah. I'm obsessed with like how intimate of a cast it is. You know, like there's yeah. not like the Nine. stage doesn't fill up, but you all fill it up. You know, like yeah. you know what I mean, and it's brilliant. Like everything just comes together so beautifully, and I saw it in, at Atlantic. And like right then and there, you just knew like from the beginning that like this was going to be something special, you know, like there was something here, you know, it was it was really just from the beginning. And that obviously has a lot to do with the creative team and just the writing of it all and how they did it. They're just absolutely brilliant. So it's really cool to hear, you know, that process that you kind of went through with them. It's really cool. Um, what's it like, you know, with like these newcomers, you know, you're kind of the vet here. Uh, is that kind of fun? And like, are you kind of giving advice or like, are you still kind of starstruck from Vicky? I mean, it's hard not to be, um, (laughs) whatever, what, what is that like? It's so interesting. I'm like the middle child of the cast. You know what I mean? Like they're like, okay. And I'm like, I'm so used to always playing like a younger person. And so I'm like, oh, actually playing someone in their thirties. How exciting. Um, And (laughs) it's, it's amazing. I mean, the kids, I feel very, I call them kids. They're not kids. They're young adults. They're professionals, but um, I feel so protective of them. (laughs) And I'll say things like, I know you didn't ask my advice, but I would just like to give you some. And they're like, no, 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 I'll take it. Thank you. Cause I like, I'm, worried for I'm like if you can't speak up about this let me speak up for you or like what's going on and I try to check in and make sure um the vibes around me are happening and I do that with the adults as well you know I'm like are you doing okay like what's going on um but the kids have started calling me uh Bonte instead of aunt you know auntie b (sighs) Bonte 
Um, so <laughs> I am Bonte to them. And I said, yes. if you ever need anything, you let me know. I will, you know, as Deborah yells at um, Seth in the library, I will F you up. And I was like, I'll do that to someone for you if you need me to. Like, I will F right. somebody up. Let's go. And <laughs> um, I would be and so I'm not scared. condoning <laughs> violence, listeners. I'm not condoning violence. Um, but I'm like you know, we're all in this together. And I, and I've tried to share wisdom when I felt like they want it. And, you know, again, when someone was not feeling well, I, I texted her that night and I said, I know you didn't ask for my advice, but here it is. And Aww. you know that I'm like, it's okay. If you need to call out, if you need to go to a doctor, your health is what's most important. No one here is judging. And she was like, right. well, I just, it, you know, I feel like a failure. And I was like, I felt the same way when I was in my mm. Broadway debut, because you want to be there all the time. And I know you, I know your heart. And what also we are human. We are not robots. We can't, we're, we can't be perfect. Not right. every night can be perfect. Not every show can be perfect. And we do the best we can. And she always did. So I'm like, I just want to like say, like, I just think in my opinion, but I know, and we're going back for, she's like, no, I really appreciate it. Thank you. And, um, mm. There, there's stuff like that, that like I, I do my best to just be a friend to everyone around me. Um, yeah. Never, you know, hopefully, hopefully not giving out advice that is not warranted or wanted. Um, yeah. Just saying I'm here if you need me. And um, I'm also the equity deputy on the show. So I can sometimes say I'm your deputy. So if you need me to take this up to somebody, you can be anonymous. Well, what do we need? What do we need? It's um, so funny you say that. That was literally going to be my next question because I was like, it literally sounds like you'd be perfect for it. Yeah. That's hilarious. Oh, my God. We all need a Bonte in our life. Come there on. There you go. Find a Bonte. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, speaking of like, I don't know, kind of like taking on that ant role, like backstage and everything. Is there like, I don't know, Aunt Deborah's just like so such a character and so much to work with. Is there yeah. anything that like you know, you find yourself relating to, to her, like, how do you, how do you do this eight shows a week, you know, bring this like, you know, badass and up on stage, right. you know? <laughs> I think, um, you know, my way in with her has been, um, a deep love of Kimmy of Victoria Clark, which sure. tracks, and now we are very good friends. So, oh. um, it's easy con to connect with her in that way and to bring a fierce love. Now, Deborah is also incredibly flawed and she is a survivor and she does some very questionable things in order to yeah. survive. <laughs> and I've known people in my life um, that have done the same, that have done incredibly questionable things who <laughs> I don't look at as villains. I don't look at as bad people. Mm. I look at, I know somebody that is like an eternal victim and it's mm. just like, but she also had really treacherous beginnings. And so on paper, right. you can be like, I get it. And, um, but then she's done awful things and <laughs> you're like, but that's, can you tell that that's bad? And we're an adult now and you don't have to, but she can't. Right. And so that's where I take Deborah from is mm -hmm. that this is how I connect with her to make her as human as possible to make her not just some bad guy. But like when I, I say to Justin, uh, I'm sorry, Seth at one point <laughs> in the show, um, 
you need to stop worrying about other people and start taking care of yourself. In the end, it's mm. all that matters. And I don't take, I don't read that off as a mean thing. I look right. at it. I look at it as. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. An incredibly generous piece of advice. Mm-hmm. And that's like kind of a great, like you're saying something awful because he's worried about something. And I'm like, stop. But it's more like, hey, babe, like this is going to be painful for you because people are going to let you down all the time. You only need to worry about this. Mm. And I think that is her way of like actually being helpful and being generous. And um, it's not a generous statement to people in general. Like you should like care about others, but like in Deb's mind, it's like nobody's looked out for me. Nobody has, I've looked out for myself for probably a really long time. Yeah. At least that's my characterization. Um, My own table work of it all Um, (laughs) that she comes from a lonely kind of dark place and she uses humor and she uses her charisma to get people on her side and hopefully get them to do what she wants. But at the end of the day, I probably care most about Kimberly. That's a genuine love. And I have my own issues with my sister, Ali Mazi, mm-hmm. and definitely issues with my brother-in-law, Stephen Boyer. <laughs> and uh, it, that's how I dialed my way in is to sure. try to find the most human approach to someone who does some awful things as mm-hmm. possible is to make her a fully rounded human who is not malicious or evil intended. Right. It totally makes sense. I mean, especially with that line, like you're just protecting Seth at the end of the day. Like you're trying to help him, you know, you're not trying to help anyone else. And it's cool to see, you know, that shift in Deborah where she starts kind of protecting these kids, you know, that because she does only worry about herself, you know, like for so long. I don't. Uh, well, I don't want to give any spoiler alerts, but there is something that happens in Act Two mm-hmm. where it's like I need to shift the plan. Um, yeah, and I'm going to shift it because it's in Kimberly's best interest, and Seth still agrees to go with it. 
And I think in Deborah's book, that earns her respect for him. And so I do treat Seth uh, a little differently in the last two scenes. And that's the shift for me is because he has agreed to go forward. And, oh. and that's the other kids have too. And wow. I, I kind of, cause I kind of don't care about them that much. Definitely the beginning, like the beginning act two, all that stuff. <laughs> I'm like, they're strangers who cares. Um, right. But that has shifted something for me that their care of Kimberly or their care of something else has, let them still go in on this scheme. And sure. so that is why I'm a little more ginger with him than I was at the end of the first scene of act two, when I'm like, decide right. what you want to do. <laughs> Cause I'm over right. it to seeing him again. Don't want to spoil alert in a certain place. And, <laughs> um, and being a little jokey with him and being a little side with him because our relationship has shifted off stage. The audience doesn't see it, but that's part of table work, knowing where you get from one place to the other. So it, when he and I were talking one day, we went to lunch, we were doing rehearsals and I said, but I do look at you differently because of there's been three days where this has happened. And he was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, so that is why I do have a shift in how I look at you. And, right. um, it always you got to know where you're coming from at all places. So um, that is Deborah's way of love of this kid who was going to do something nice for her. Yeah, that was unexpected. And you're like, okay, well then let me help you out, babe. You're worried, right? <sighs> That's so interesting to hear because it's like as an audience member, I'll never forget like the first time I ever saw it. I mean, like Aunt Deborah was literally one of my favorite characters, and I went home and I was like. Like, why was I rooting for her? Like, she's literally <laughs> yeah. like the villain, you know? Right. And, 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 but then you, you somehow just like, I mean, you, you win us over. You just win the audience over and we fall in love with you. Like, from the moment yeah. you walk on stage, heck, you walk on stage in this show with, uh, you get an entrance applause. How cool is that? <laughs> You're like it's Patty really cool. Lapone and Kelly O'Hara and Audrey McDonald. I mean, it doesn't happen yeah. every night, but like about half the week. And it's every time I'm kind of surprised by it it's really yeah. beautiful and really lovely and the theater nerd in me is like <gasps> like every time it's really awesome it's really cool yeah that's yeah that's freaking crazy like literally like the legends get the, yeah. the apl entrance applause and you are one of them so come Aww, on bonnie mulligan get it too that's just insane well so this week uh it tuesday actually so not too far away the cast album for Kimberly Kimbo is coming out. Yes. Yay. Which is so exciting. Uh, and we can actually listen to like one of your iconic songs better already. Mm -hmm. It's already yeah. released on all the streaming platforms, but the full album comes out Tuesday. Talk to me about, you know, this is your second cast album. How cool is that to, you know, be a part of a cast album, number one, but also, you know, share this score and kind of the story with everyone around the world. It is Iconic. I mean, it is like yeah. something you dream of. I mean, you know, I was that kid that loved getting cast albums and you would get the little CD booklets and read about the show <laughs> in the booklet because we oh, yeah. wasn't like hardcore. I mean, I'm not that old, but you know, that's just what we did. And I remember after Head Over Heels, I had did a video message and I sent it to my friend and because mm. I wanted to remember how I felt. And it was so was two days in a row. We were like, you know, busy in shows. I was also doing a reading. I mean, I was doing so much. Oh, God. And I 
said I did it and I'm really proud of myself and that I've never been so tired and this was really hard and I started crying and I was like, but I'm mm. really proud. And that I love that I have that clip to remember. Mm-hmm. And um, this one, they spread out our recording days. So we did half um, when we had just started tech and oh. then we did a few songs that they're like, these probably won't change. And then we did the other half and more than half in December. Um, oh, wow. And they wanted us just to be rested and stuff. And there was something like, even if you watch that video of better, the video they released before they released the number, the riffs are different in the end. Because mm. by the time they were like, let's record, I said, could I re-record my riffs in the end? And Jenny Desoria was like, but I love them. That's so great. And I was like, I know, but I changed those <laughs> before our first audience of previews because uh. of the storytelling. We had really focused in, like I said, I feel like I'm singing to sing and I want to set what I'm actually doing. And it's not written in the score. So it's like up to me. So I said, if Kim, she was kind of on board a lot earlier at the Atlantic. So what they kind of refocused was her not being so on board for during the song, which is great because that gives me something to do with the song. And after the kids and I are like, we did, we do like a little dance down the stage together (laughs) and I turn and she's still not on board is what motivates my like G like, well, come on, Kimmy, you know, looking at her like, come on. And then she starts to dance. So the next riff is lower. Cause I got her. I'm like, you gotta right. make your life that it's like so much more cooler. Cause I know I've got her. And then at the end it's celebratory. And so it's uh-huh. a little different on the first take that we did in October. And so I said, I set my riffs like by the first audience. And they, that's what I always do. And I would like that to reflect on the album if we can. And so I was like, okay. So they let me like redo just literally two riffs, but I was like, I would like to redo those because I would like the album to sound like what I do, you know? And it was just so interesting hearing kind of a time capsule on something that had did shift with audiences. You know what I mean? Like I hadn't had an audience yet. And, Mm. um, but I am so excited to hear all of it. Like, in my headphones, like being surrounded, like, you know, I listen to this show eight times a week and yet I can't wait for the album. It's ridiculous. Um, So you are someone that can listen to it? Oh yeah, definitely. Do you listen to yourself and things? I can. Yeah. Oh my God. Good for you. I I don't always like, like YouTube, like watching myself sing. I don't necessarily love that, but I'm I'm not like, yeah, take it in again. No, 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 no. (laughs) Um, I'm more excited to hear everybody else's number. This is is what I mean to say. Like make a wish. Let me listen to it on a loop. Father time. Let's go. You know, I can't wait to hear how it all comes together. Um, Mm -hmm. even though, again, I hear these shows through the speakers, if I'm changing, you know what I mean? It's very different than, um, in the background than in my hair, in my earphones. Absolutely. Well, do you have a favorite song in the show? I know that's a really hard question, but is there going to be one that's on repeat? I really do love make a wish, which is Vicky's first like solo. Mm -hmm. I think it's so beautiful. She's such a genius. And her acting, the longing in her voice is just like perfect. And so mm. I, I'm ready for that. I'm also really excited to hear 
uh, Skater Planet, the first song, the first song of the show song. with all the kids. I love that song. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I love the orchestrations. <laughs> and so I can't, re- I'm really excited to hear those in my like headphones. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think those so are excited. my, I'm most looking forward to those. Yay, I love that. And then, I mean, I, I, everyone go listen to this album because, I mean, like you said, David Lindsay Abair and, uh, you know, Janine Tesori writing the album, it's bound to be an amazing score and everything. So everyone go check that out. It literally comes out Tuesday, so mark it on your calendars. Um, yeah. And then I have one last question for you, and then sure. I'm, I'm going to let you go because I'm just so interested in asking you. It's very rare that, you know, I've talked to 140 people. You're going to be like one of the, like, 140. 41st episode or whatever and it's very rare to have someone that's only done original broadway shows uh, or like roles uh, that are so you've created these roles is there a role that you would want to play on broadway that like already exists i mean i know it's like a dream role kind of question and it's cliche but is there i would love to do any sondheim show i've always said you know i'd love to get my Hand, she's doing it this season uh, Mrs. Lovett I would love to do one day um, down the line I think for me um, Mama Rose down the line like yes. most of my dream roles are for like when I'm in my 50s um, and uh, I just would love to do Sondheim because the work is so what I love so much about Kimberly Kimbo between David and Janine is it's so deep it's so rich the work is there you just yeah. get to show up and like make your imaginary circumstances for like your backstories or whatever, but like it's there. And so it's delightful work. You don't have to, you know, I've done some readings where, Ooh, there's not a lot to mine. And so there mm-hmm. is so much. So I would love to do any Stephen Sondheim. Um, yeah. 100%. Brilliant. And, um, you know, I, I've done some like readings of revivals. I had a great time doing the Full Monty. We did a reading Ooh. of that a few years back. I don't know if that'll ever come back, but that was a good time. Um, yeah, yeah, anything. Listen, I want to be on the producing team that has you as Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd because I think that would be absolutely iconic. We're going to make it happen. <laughs> 2035. There uh, we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Well, Bonte, this is so wonderful. <laughs> this, seriously, this has been an absolute treat and it's such a pleasure talking to you. You have so much to, you know, be proud of with your Thank young you. career. Like, I literally, it's going to be amazing and we're going to be seeing you on Broadway for years to come. Um, so I can't wait to see yeah of course everyone go see Kimberly Akimbo everyone go check out the album you're an absolute treat you're an absolute talent uh, so everyone will fall in love and uh, yeah you definitely deserve to take a bow so thank you Bonnie (laughs) I appreciate it (laughs) take a bow Bonnie Milligan I I mean come on That, that episode I said it in the intro it had it all It had it all from incredible stories, from learning more about Bonnie. You know, I don't know how you can't be a fan of Bonnie. Bonnie is such a sweetheart. Bonnie is such a talent. I mean, her voice is ridiculous. She's known for her voice. There's no doubt about it. But to, you know, have the conversation with her about the other sides and like really going into the acting and how much work and and thought goes into her uh, performance as an actor it's kind of amazing because it's definitely not something that uh, you think about when when going to see her perform, but it's real. And for those of you who are, you know, 
performers and all the things and including myself it's a great reminder for me even you know how important it is to put in the time and effort to really hone in on your craft and really understand the character that you're becoming or what you're trying to get out of each scene and and why you start to you know befriend your your scene partner or why you start to hate your scene partner you know like there's there's all these shifts that are written and it's very easy for us to be like okay yeah but we don't justify it and because we don't justify it it doesn't come across that way in our performance well bonnie basically reminded and told us exactly how to do that and uh what's worked so successfully for her um that i think everyone should be taking notes so thank you bonnie thank you for sharing uh this wonderful advice with us here today and this week on take a bow everyone go check out kimberly akimbo her performance in the show is absolutely ridiculous you know i love kimberly akimbo (laughs) i don't even get like paid to say that or anything it's literally just a genuine thing. I, I do have friends in the show, so obviously I'll root for it. But, uh, you know, Kimberly Akimbo is m- one of my favorites, and Bonnie's performance is one of the reasons that it's just that incredible. I have no doubt that we will probably be seeing her in the Tonys this year, you know, in a category. She should definitely be nominated, and if not, I'm sure they'll do her literally, like, powerhouse song. Like, what? it's arguably the best song in the show at the Tony Award. So I'm sure she'll perform and and do something fun. So very exciting stuff. Very cool to hear about her journey as a singer and all the things. So hopefully you all enjoyed this episode. Hopefully you all learned something. Hopefully you just had a good time. And as always, I appreciate you all listening. I hope you come back to listen to next week's episode with another fabulous guest who may or may not be from Kimberly or Kimbo. Just saying... I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Did you hear me directly say it? Could have been taken multiple ways. No, I'm just kidding. But may or may not be. And uh, yeah, come back for more. All right. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kimberly Garris, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow are our fabulous editors, Jessica Warren, who edits the audio of the podcast that you just listened to, and Tessie Tokash, who edits the videos and visuals for this podcast. And how about a bow for our executive producer, Chris Griner? And our final bow are extra special to the patrons, Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners of PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com TAB. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to subscribe on the platform that you are currently listening to this on, or go check out our YouTube where you can watch the episode. You can also subscribe, like, and comment on there as well. If you're more into the regular social media and want to follow us, you can do that at Take About Podcast across all social media platforms. The music of this podcast was made by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon, and the logo was created by Giselle Bustos. And that wraps up this episode's Curtain Call. Thank you all again for listening to this week's episode, and I can't wait to see you next week. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.